We like to go to garage and estate sales and look for treasures. We also like to gather collectors and resellers alike and provide them with valuable information about products, many of them vintage, and share tips about how to get started and make some extra side money doing what we do. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, so just want to do a little intro. Um, so our friend Tara Lynn Dupree, aka Terry from Evolving Always. So she's been married for almost 21 years. She has one son. She has moved from a corporate job into uh, reselling. And Terry, that that's uh, full-time reselling for you? Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I do do other things, you know, investing, which I'm sure we'll talk about that later. I have a, uh, I have a mobile notary business. Okay. So yeah. So quite, quite a few things. Yeah. Okay, cool. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So reselling is part of the pie. Um, yeah. <laughs> she is the president of the East coast stock slayers investment group. Wow. She has had a, a near death experience, which I'm sure we're going to touch on a little bit later. That yeah, sounds scary. Oh. And um, she's one of the wisest women that we know. Yeah. Hands down. <laughs> this is a That's truth. So it's true. It's true, though. Um, so thank you again, Terry, for coming um, live with us tonight. We're very happy and excited to get the opportunity to get to know you better, to spend some time with you, learn from your wisdom. And thank you for sharing that with us and with our community this evening. Oh, okay, well, it's a pleasure. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> All right. So would you like to get started? Yeah, let's get to know you better, Terry. Um, where are you from? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, sure. Um, I'm in North Carolina right now, so I've been here for a while. Um, I'm in Greenville, North Carolina, where East Carolina University is, and I actually landed here because I went to East Carolina University. Um, after that, um, obviously, I got into corporate America, but I actually left Greenville, North Carolina, went to Phoenix, Arizona, and then ironically came back. <laughs> but then we're thinking about moving again in the future, so who knows? Oh, but that's wow. pretty much where I am for right now, North Carolina. That's cool. We have not been there. I've, yeah, we've never been there. Mm-mm. So we have you as our friend there. We're going to have to come and visit sometime. Yeah, y'all would really love it, especially the uh, Raleigh, Durham area. Y'all would really mm-hmm. enjoy it. And of course, uh, Charlotte. And hey, drifting by. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Rich. Hello, Brittany. Swag Slayer Fashion Duncan. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out with us. So we um, really appreciate that we have um, our friends that are also resellers. They do the same thing we do. Um, we can meet a couple of times a week and kind of just share ideas and learn from each other. So um, yeah, so so South Carolina, Charlotte, and are you currently living in Green? You said Greensville. Are you in that area still, or near that yeah, area? I'm, right, I'm in Greenville, North Carolina, right now. That is correct. Okay, got it. Oh, how how funny how that happened, right? You like. Yeah ended up there. <laughs> That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, so how do you like the area? Because you mentioned you may, may be moving out of the area. Well, I love North Carolina in general, because it's a very beautiful state. If you ever come come here, I mean, obviously, y'all are in California. California is also a gorgeous state. I've been I've spent much time there as well. But I, I think my husband's really not a big fan of Greenville, which is why I think we'll end up relocating eventually. So yeah. I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. But for right now, we'll be in, Green- in, in North Carolina for a little while longer. Yeah. Like in the East Coast, I've only visited um, like New York, but that's like a, a big city, metropolitan city, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's actually where I was born. I was born in oh, Manhattan, New York. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. Look at that. So you're mm-hmm. in New York. 
a New yeah. York native. Um, and then I went to Georgia to give a presentation. This was like uh, three years ago, two years ago. Um, oh, and I thought cool. it was, yeah, I, for work. And I thought it was beautiful over there. Like I wanted to stay longer and just hang out. I, I loved it. It's I thought it was beautiful. So nice. It is beautiful. Yes. Um, that's that's kind of like my my cup of tea there. Um, but honestly, we like a little bit of everything when it comes to traveling and getting to. Know yeah, I can see y'all in Georgia for real. It, it is a nice area, Georgia. Um, and if you were doing North Carolina, possibly Charlotte area, or well, actually, y'all would probably love Asheville as well. I just oh, thought cool. about that. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. So we definitely know we can ask you questions about that area. Exactly. <laughs> um, we have it. Um, so we did want to ask you about your, you said your first job, high paying job in corporate America um, was at 24 years old. And so we wanted to ask you like, what job was that? And how did you get this job? At 24. Yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. Pretty young. <laughs> Yeah, basically, um, it was for a computer company. And y'all heard a little bit about that story from my friend Lisa, because I ended yeah. up getting her a job there, too. But oh. ironically, how I got the job was I was working for a telemarketing company, and I was making cold calls. And I called the owner's house. And um, I just kept like going after him, digging. I was like, he would say no to this, and then I'll give him another reason. And it was just back and forth, back and forth. And then like the only time that I finally shut up was like, he said, you should come work for me and my computer company. And, you know, I was like, I said, so where are you exactly? <laughs> so I got really detailed with him. And then, you know, after the conversation, it was like, I said, he probably just said it to get me off the phone. That's, that was my thought process at first. Right, right. And I actually called the company and I said, you remember me? I talked to you the other day. He says, I sure do. So you're going to come um, talk with me? I said, yes. And so that's how I got the job. And I was like the second female on the floor because it was a male-dominated job. And it was back yeah. in the day when a lot of people didn't have computers. So, um, And I think you probably remember from the live story I was telling y'all, you have to spend like five minutes so when somebody had to turn on a computer. Yeah, you know, stuff yeah like I remember that. That's but, crazy. Yeah. yeah, but that was it. I mean, how job. cool that you have that experience. I've always like, I love technology. You know, I think Michelle's, do you love technology? You're really good at it. Um, yeah, I'm more nerdy. She's super nerdy and, <laughs> and when it comes to like, you know, software, but how cool that you were, um, you know, a woman in, in a job that was male dominated. Like what, what was that experience like? Well, it was interesting all around because not only was I was I was basically the second woman there. They had one woman in the educational department, but I was the only black person in that whole office. So wow. um, interesting. And yes. um, it was really crazy time. So I was glad I actually recruited a couple of people right off. Like I recruited a friend of mine. Um, he was actually um, from Peru. Wow. So I wow. recruited him and then I recruited Lisa. And then it just, we were trying to change the dynamics of it, but it was an interesting place, but it was fun. Nice. Crazy. Kind of like the office, but it made good money there. <laughs> That's great. So how long were you there for? And, and then what happened next? Okay. Yeah. I was there actually for four years. Oh, wow. So then I, yeah. So then I got another opportunity with Bell South Mobility. Um, you know, it was, it was great pay and it was just something different. Um, so I decided to take that on and it kind of went from there. So yeah. what I, I was, um, kind of reading a little bit of your notes, Bell South Mobility was a mobile phone company. Is that what 
what that was? Well, as you, I'm sure everybody remembers Bell South overall, the name. Yeah. Um, they deal with phone service, but Bell South decided that they wanted to get into cell phones. And of course, this was during a time when hardly people had cell phones except doctors, real estate agents, um, you know, people, you know, uh, that are fluent. Um, the other people that had cell phones were people that would get the bag phone and they would keep it in their car and they knew they only had like a few minutes or their bill would be extremely high. You know, that was pretty much how it was. So with Bell South Mobility, they were trying to make the phones more mainstream. They were actually ahead of the time. They were actually getting into like smartphones in a sense where you can connect to your email. Wow. Um, it was really cool stuff. And I was basically dealing with business accounts. So I talked to a lot of businesses and they would have these like really savvy phones that people could carry on. Um, they started doing all the different colors because wow. back then the phones were just very basic looking with the exception of the phone called the star tech. I don't even know if you have heard of that phone, but it was kind of a snazzy no. looking phone. Um, <laughs> but other than that, there was Nokia was very popular back then. Yeah. Um, just a lot of cool stuff. So like, okay, so if you can give us an idea, um, like years wise, like what, around what years was it when you were in your corporate job at the computer company? And then around what years was it when you're in the mobile phone company? Sure, I should be able to, because I left the computer company. It was around, I want to say it was probably towards the end of 97 is when I actually left. Okay. So it was around 98, 99. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense because I remember mm -hmm. my dad. So my, my father passed away in 96 and he was a business person. So he used to have a phone, a phone. I like, mm -hmm. I was just a kid and I didn't know really much about it, but it was like a car phone, but it was in a suitcase. So That's right. Is that what you, <laughs> so you, I would you are it. totally on it then? You remember what people had to deal with. They were carrying this little bag phone. <laughs> yeah. And your dad may have had, I don't know, your dad probably paid a lot of money for it too because he was a businessman because yeah. he apparently had to be on it a lot. Yeah. But some people would get it and have to pay these huge um, down payments to have it. And then they end up losing it because it was just so expensive. But yeah, wow. that was the start of it. But I was coming into the industry. I was trying to make the cell phone cool for everybody. Oh, the yeah. problem was, which was so funny, they had great products, great phones, and you know people would get the service from me, but then they weren't building the towers. So people would get these phones and they would drive a little ways and the phone wouldn't work. So it was really horrible. Oh, and man. I, then I would switch out phones for them because some phones did have more um, reach than others, depending on how they were designed. It was mm -hmm. it was crazy times, fun times, but crazy. So were both your jobs in computers and phone sales? Were you selling the products? Yeah, I was selling the phones, promoting oh, wow. promoting Bell South. Yep, I sure was. Do That's you remember? Oh, sorry. Do you remember like what the cost was of the phone? Oh, it was expensive, but they would try to, um, they would come up with these crazy things. So people didn't necessarily have to pay so much, but there were some phones. I'll, I'll tell you one phone right now that I always remember. Cause I, I, even to this day, I would want this phone for some reason, even though it's archaic, but it's a Nokia and it was like probably about this long. If y'all can see my hands like this uh -huh. long and, um, it would open up and have a full keyboard. Because this was their oh, wow. first foray into getting into the emails. This is for the businessman. 
And so it was a thousand dollars for that phone. And you think about back then, that was actually a lot of money. Yeah, back then. Yeah. So um, it was really interesting. And I loved that phone so much. I was like, I want it, but I was like, I don't want to spend a thousand dollars for it. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of phones were like two, three hundred dollars, which back then was a lot. I mean, now we're like, you know, come on, that's that's nothing now. But yeah, back then it was a great deal of money. How cool. I feel like those phones are all now bolo items. Like you could totally sell them for a lot more money nowadays. (laughs) I'm telling you, if you get a hold of that Nokia that I was just describing, I am sure there's some people that want it because it was totally awesome. I mean, it was the most, I don't even know why they don't design the way that phone was made. They should design it now, but of course have better technology. Yeah. Like I said, it was more so just for email, you know, for the businessman trying to keep up with his emails and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like a, almost like a mini laptop slash phone. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be so cool. You can make it. I'm going to see if I can find it and I'll send it. Look, I'm going to see if I can find a picture of it or something and send it to y'all so I can check it out. That'd be great. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So, yeah. So later on, uh, you mentioned that you went to work at a, at a call center as a manager, um, but that you didn't really enjoy your job, even though the pay was also good. Um would you mind letting us know like about that? Like, what was that experience like? Yeah, I had kind of did like a lot of different career moves, but within the same company. So basically it was Sprint was the initial company. So I had started with Sprint like on a, well, before that I actually did refinancing. I'm sorry. I used to refinance homes too. That was when I left Bell Soap Mobility. So I refinanced homes, but then I did decide to go to Sprint And with Sprint, I kind of wore a lot of hats. I did start on a ground floor, which initially was just a representative. And then I became a coach. And then I became a project manager, which I love being a project manager. That's when I went to Phoenix, Arizona, by the way. So I was a project manager there. And then they decided to close the project. So then I had to come back to North Carolina. And I was a trainer at first. And then I became a manager. But yeah, I hated it for so many reasons. Let me count yeah. the ways. I don't I don't want to like roar people on that, but it was just really not a place that you can grow anymore. And so I was actually trying to I did want to stay with the company because at that point I had been with the company like 14 years when I was starting to really say I can't do this company anymore. I had been with mm-hmm. them 14 years. So I was just trying to find another position, but stay with the company. It didn't work out. And I think it just everything happened for the best. I think it was just meant for me to go on because truth be told, um, a lot of my friends were always surprised when I was in corporate America anyway, because I always had entrepreneurial you know, spirits. So they're like, yeah, I just can't believe you're in, in uh, corporate America. So they would always laugh when they realized what I was doing. So I think it was just meant for me to just move forward. Cool. Yeah. And how do you, how do you feel now? Because now you get to do what you want, right? You have different businesses that you manage? Yeah, I I love it now because I'm around the people that I want to be around. You know what I mean? Doing what I want to do. Because I think that was the the key, which is why I was like really suffering. Because when you work in a call center, and I think Michelle, hey, Michelle, courageously thriving. She actually knows what I'm talking about here. When you work in a call center, you're working around a lot of different personalities, um, just a lot of craziness. And then you have to deal with it and you have to deal with it with a smile and you have to, you know, just be like, yeah, you know, be, you know, keep up real upbeat. And even though they're like technically dying and stuff, because I can't believe I'm here. It's, you know, it was crazy. I wouldn't go back to it at all. 
Yeah. <laughs> go back to it. That's a big tell tall tell sign that it's not the job meant for you when you're not happy. You don't feel good about being there. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, uh, exactly. something I'm glad that you're not there anymore. Um, but yeah, sorry that you had to go through that for, for a while there. Um, but if, yeah, if you're in a position like that where you don't like your job, there's so many opportunities out there available mm -hmm. to switch. It is scary, right? It is scary to do that, but you can do it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And I think the problem too was, um, it was probably what I did because I was kind of like always the go-to person. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we the go-to person is like everything. It's like, you know, go-to, go-to, go-to. And, and that's okay to be the go-to person to a certain mm -hmm. extent, especially if you're really trying to uh, go, you know, break that ceiling, but mm -hmm. things weren't happening that way. So then I was just mm -hmm. doing all of this stuff and, and right. it was just crazy. <laughs> yeah. If you are doing all those things and there's no growth potential, I mean, especially if you're the kind of person that has a growth mindset, which we know that you are, um, that's your name, right? Evolving. Right. So right. a person who has a growth mindset that you must grow, like to be happy, it's mm -hmm. like part of the equation, right? So I totally understand. Um, yeah. So, cause like my job, my, my day job is teaching and I love teaching. Um, but it is difficult as a teacher sometimes to grow. Cause it's like, where do you go from, from teaching unless you start like teaching other subjects, right. um, you know, where do you go from there? So I totally understand. Um, I love growing. I have the growth mindset and that's, why I appreciate you having your growth mindset. So I, I understand on that. Mm -hmm. Um, there's Rich who said that he once worked for a call center, helping people get tow trucks when they broke down. Uh, I kept Reynolds wrapped by my cubicle, and when people were nasty, I scratched on my headphone and hung up. <laughs> Rich, that's too funny. <laughs> Did you ever do that? Rich, that's cool. <laughs> and thanks, that's Michelle, funny. for saying to hit the thumbs up. Yeah, definitely hit the thumbs up. Thank you. Michelle is so sweet. I love Thank her. you, Michelle. We appreciate that. Courageously thriving. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, we want to get into your um, transition out of this job. So you got into entrepreneurship. What was the first thing that you did? Yeah, well, basically, while I was working um, in corporate America, I... Well, technically, my husband discovered Poshmark. Okay, and that's was, cool. How did that happen? Um, basically, he wanted to clear out some of the stuff. Is it echoing? Because if it is, do I need to change anything? Are y'all good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I did have a lot of clothes, and unfortunately, I still do. So <laughs> he's like, "You have to use the site to sell some of your stuff because you get all these things." And so I pulled up Poshmark and it was like, um, yeah, I really liked the app. I said, okay, you know what? Cause I wasn't an eBay fan at the time. I, that's changed. I, I do respect eBay now, but at the time I was not an eBay fan. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and do this. So I um, set up Poshmark, put some clothes up there and I'm not even thinking about this is something I would want to keep doing. I was just like, well, let me just get rid of these clothes, get whatever. Yeah. And so did a few sales. I was like, oh, I really love this. I was like, <laughs> really exciting. So then I just started posting everything I could. And then that's when I started going out buying stuff. And that's when I said, I'm going to go ahead and find a wholesaler. And it just kind of went from there. So yes. and what was so funny is when I was in uh, 
I was in a meeting with one of my managers. Uh, we were talking and I was like, yeah, I said, either I get another position. I mean, we were having a friendly conversation. So it wasn't an automaton, by the way. It was just me and him were talking. And I said, yeah, either I get another position. I said, I'm just going to leave and do my own thing. And <laughs> my story was so funny. We, we had a pretty good relationship, though. But I think sometimes when you say stuff like that, people don't take you seriously. And then when the time came, he was like surprised and he didn't want me to come. I'm like, yeah, I told Aww. you I'm like really leaving. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's when some a good person leaves, it's really difficult to let to let you go, <laughs> to let them go. Um, so yeah, but you got to do what's best for you, right? Mm -hmm. It's your life. It's short. You got to do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so that's really cool. So how did your husband like find out about the Poshmark app? He's always looking at stuff and he was on eBay. So he, oh, okay. he's been on eBay since probably inception back when eBay was doing, um, the checks and CODs and all of that crazy stuff. He was on eBay then. Okay. And so he had so many horror things go on. Um, even though he stuck with eBay, I'll give him props on that. That's why I was <laughs> like, I'm not doing eBay. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. So he just knew about those things. He yeah. reads. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's, 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 he's very tech savvy and he was always into apps. And so he just kind of messed around and he saw it and he thought, for me, because he knew how I was about eBay. He was like, yeah, this is perfect for her. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> we have a, a comment here from Cheryl Neal. Welcome, Cheryl Neal. She said, I worked at my old job for 22 years, and now I have been at my current job for four years. So, um, Cheryl, which job is that? What's your current job? And yeah. um, do you miss your old job? Hey, you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate our podcast. Our podcast is fairly new and we're in need of comments. If you can think of anyone an episode may be helpful for, please share the episode with them. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. And again, a million thanks for stopping by. Cynthia? And as long as you're happy, that's the important thing. Hey, Cynthia, love you. <laughs> Cynthia, amen. She said, you're amazing and wonderful. I know you will want to keep growing. Terry Marina and Michelle. Aww. Thank you, Cynthia. We appreciate that. That's our friend and yeah. your neighbor in North Carolina as well, right? That's I right. I love Cynthia. <laughs> I actually met her. Oh, you met her in real life. Awesome. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to do that as well. I feel like we talk so much online. We met mm -hmm. online. We've never met in real life, but I feel like, you know, we know you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so definitely. Like definitely. we've met you. Um, all right. So we do want to talk about investing because that's one of your strengths. That's one of the things that you know more than, you know, most people that we know about. And especially as women, you know, like when it comes to earning money and compared to like men, we earn much less. Right. Yeah. And then depending mm -hmm. on your uh, ethnic background, you may, you know, earn even less. So Latina women earn the lowest, I think, on the paycheck out of all, all the different ethnicities and male or female, right? So, um, and I'm a, I'm a Latina woman. So, and so it's just interesting to know that, but as women, it's empowering to talk about how much we are making in the workplace openly. That's our belief because it will empower other women yeah. 
to ask for more money, like if it's really definitely not equal. So even like, as I just mentioned, across just women, different ethnic backgrounds earn different amounts of money, right? So we've had conversations before and it has with, with friends and family, um, you know, women who are working in corporate and we've discovered discrepancies in, in, in wages and it has led to increase, you know, asking for more, uh, what do you call it? Um, salary. salary. It has led to promotions and asking for more salary. So, um, on that note though, um, Terry, how can, how can we, um, use our reselling money to put into investments and supplement our income or grow our income? Yeah, there's a lot of easy ways to do that. And especially if you're using um, multiple reselling apps, which I think lately a lot of people are, which is good. So um, obviously, you're going to always want some money to put back into your business. That goes without saying. We know that. So then you can always like have um, an account that you're streaming money just for that um, to build up, you know, your your business, so to speak. But then have an account um, connected with one of your reselling apps that actually goes to a brokerage account and um, let it go there. And, and what I mean by that, to make it simpler for you, um, you could do Fidelity, for example. Fidelity, I highly recommend to anybody because they have the best customer service. They've been around for a very long time. Now they don't charge commission fees. Now, if you want to, you can get fractional shares. Um, so it's a great company. It's very stable. Um, and again, a customer service is very key. They're constantly doing webinars. And once you're actually a you know client of theirs, they're going to be emailing you with webinars for you to learn more in the industry. So I do recommend using Fidelity and you can get an actual checking with them. So if you're doing that, um, what you can do, and I always tell people this, always invest 10% of what you earn. So, you know, you sell an item and there's $50 that goes into your account. Then for me, I actually do 20%, but if 10% is fine, put five, $5 aside. And now because you can get fractional shares, just put it into, you know, something that you're interested in, whether it's an ETF or a stock. Um, and just do that every time. And you'll be surprised how that money grows. It does grow. And you definitely don't want to sit in that savings account because realistically speaking, there's like no interest now in savings account. I mean, so you're just really doing nothing. Yeah, Brittany, definitely you can relate. <laughs> but um, that's one thing I recommend. Another, um, if you don't want to do Fidelity or if you've already set up Stash, because I do talk about Stash all the time and I do love Stash because Stash has really evolved. I remember when it first started um, and I, I've been with Fidelity for like ever, but when Stash first started, I kind of thought it was a joke because it really just said ETFs and, you know, I would kind of like laugh at it. And then as it progressed, I was like, wow, this company is really growing leaps and bounds. And what sold me with setting up an account with them also was that you can do a check-in with Stash, get a debit card, um, you know, get your direct deposits in there. And every time you use it, you know, like for, for expenses, like gas, food, you know, if you want to get some coffee, coffee, 
you're going to get a fractional share of that. And even if that company is not public, like let's say, for example, you go to Chick-fil-A because, you know, they're not public. But if they do, I'm on that one. That's the one stock I'm be on Beeline for just saying because Chick-fil-A is a very su successful company, but they're not public. So if you did um, go there to eat, you're still going to get a fractional share of like they usually pick companies that are like similar or sometimes they'll just put you in an ETF. So that's it's growing like that. And then the same thing, you can use that same account, um, just always invest like 10% of whatever you earn, you know, and and that's like the best way to go. And like I said, I, I typically do 20%, but, you know, at least 10%. And I got that from The Richest Man in Babylon. I really love that. If y'all get a chance to read that book, that's really a good book. But just do that and your money is going to grow. You'll be amazed. Definitely. So, Terry, how long have you been doing that? And if you could give us like an idea on the percentage of growth. Well, I've been investing for a while, but I will tell you this um, to make people feel um, really good. We'll just talk about 2020. Mm -hmm. So like in March, we know the market crashed. I lost thousands of dollars, but you know, I, I'm used to that because I've been in the market for a while. So like, I mean, my account went down probably 30 and 40%, <laughs> you know, when, when, it, when it hit. And I didn't stress about it because I know how it is. And I will tell you, when those dips come, that's technically really great time, especially if you're an investor, because that's when you really want to start packing some money in. So I even started doing some like odd um, things. Like, um, I don't know if I wrote it to you guys or not, but I would do Uber and Lyft. Just yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was throwing yeah. money in my investment. And I would like take all of that money invested. I wasn't even nice. doing 10 or 20%. I was just like, the whole thing I was investing. But anyway, by the end of 2020, I mean, my account 70% return for the most part on average. Oh, well. And different accounts. So it really adds up. <laughs> and, but on a whole, realistically speaking, if you're investing in the right stocks, and definitely always make sure you're doing research. Um, a place to go to for, you know, free research is Yahoo Finance but you can pay for a plan, but do go there. There's also another, um, and you wanna get this on your actual desktop, but it's called Estimize. This gives you a lot of information on companies. So always do your research. And remember, of course, you know, investing, it does have risk, but for the most part, it does pay off in the long run. I just wanna give that piece of advice out there, but do your research. But what I really look for now, because I do a lot of long-term investing, mm -hmm. I, I do all types of investing, but I'm not going to get into the other type of investing. I'm going to assume that all of y'all are new to investing, so I'm just going to talk about long-term. And for people that are new to it, I recommend thinking from a long-term perspective and really strong stocks. I call them Teflon stocks. That's just my name for them. But for example, can you picture a world without Apple? I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's not going to happen. Can you picture a world without Microsoft? It's not going to happen. And when you look at the uh, records on these companies, what this, this information is free. You can see their earnings. You can listen to their earning calls. You can see their spreadsheets. All of that information is free too. It's right on Google. I mean, like I said, um, use Yahoo Finance. Use the Estimizer. It gives you all of this great information about how these companies do from quarter to quarter, from year to year you're not going to lose. And typically you're going to, if you like 
invest with that mindset, you should at least grow your account at least 30% mm. per year, at least. And wow. then, of course, you could pick index funds, too, that are doing really well. So, you know, but definitely do your research and feel free to um, DM me. I don't mind. If I don't know the answer, I'll direct you to help you, you know, find it. Be happy to. That's that's some really awesome tips. Um, so when you do like, let's say, get your profit from reselling, do you wait for a dip to place a buy or do you just, you know, just. And that is a great question. And I love it. <laughs> no, seriously, it really is. So um, that's a yes or no question. I'll explain in a moment. So obviously huge dips aren't going to like what happened in March, <laughs> you know, think about it. We didn't have anything like that until I think it was 2008. So it was 2008. And then what happened in March of 2020, there may have been a few slides in between there, but those are the two major slides that everybody really remembers. So I wouldn't look for that type of slide to happen <laughs> anytime soon. But what I do typically is let's say, I get some money and I was like, I pick a stock that I think is a great stock, but it's ha it has an all-time high that day because, you know, stocks will have like, it could be that all-time high for the year. I'm not going to buy that stock then. I'm going to wait till it goes back to where it normally goes. Then I'll buy the stock. Typically, mm -hmm. that's typically how I do. Mm -hmm. So um, I would love to wait until big dips happen, but truthfully, the ones that we saw in March, it's probably going to be a while before a seat one like that again. But if one happens, y'all know what to do. Y'all yeah. start packing it up. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we definitely um, have the same point of view. Like, okay, when when the market goes down, it's sale day. It's like when you have a discount at the store, right? Clearance or whatever. Um, yeah. But a lot of people don't, who are even investing already, they freak out when that happens and they want to take their money out because they're thinking like, oh, I'm going to lose money or whatever. But here's the thing. It's like, OK, if you take out your money and you don't know, that's the thing about the market is you don't know what it's going to do tomorrow. And all of a sudden it shoots right back up tomorrow. Then you literally lost the money. Whereas like if you left the money in there, the stock market always goes up in the long run. Right. So get your money back. Yeah. <laughs> If you pick great stocks, never take it out because you brought up a great point, Marina. That is how you will lose money. If you take it out when that stock dips, stocks are going to always dip. Now, like I said, like what happened in March, that's rare, but stocks will have dipping moments. They will. So, um, yeah, that's that's a great investment, too, what Brittany's talking about. She she owns real estate that she's um, actually renting, renting out. But yes, stocks are going to always take a dip from time to time. But you do need to stay in because that's how you get the true gains. And she is right. Ironically, for some reason, some investors do get scared and there's huge sell offs. And that's why um, people that win in the stock markets are the ones that keep cool heads. So so you got to keep your head cool. You got to be yeah. patient. Yeah, keep a cool head. Um, I've been doing it for a long time, and I will go ahead and tell you this too. Um, consistency and persistence are really key when you're in a stock market. Because if you're in there long enough, you'll see the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But you'll see so many scenarios, and what you'll really see is that most of the time it's good. <laughs> the bad and the ugly are, are few and far in between. <clears throat> awesome. Um, now, I do want to get your take on what's going on with GameStop. <laughs> what do you think of that? Ooh, that is such an 
it's so interesting that I'm pretty sure they're going to make a movie about it. So <laughs> I'm sure y'all heard about now because y'all read it. Y'all saw the, um, it's a group on Reddit called Wall Street Vets. I joined them. Now, when I first read the article, this is so funny. When I first read the article about them, that they were the ones that kind of started this, this thing here, they had 3,500,000 followers. So I joined them because I said, I, I got to check out, see what these guys are doing. I woke up this morning, they had 4,500,000 followers. I checked again, they had like 5 million followers. They're probably at like 6 or 7 million now as we're, as we're talking right now. I don't know. I'll have to check. But anyway, to make a long story short, they're trying to get back at the um, hedge fund people who shorted the stocks of like AMC and GameStop because of the pandemic. But the reality is, it's not illegal to short. It's not. That's a Sorry. part of the process. And um, would, would you mind explaining what that means? What does short mean? Sorry. <laughs> And I'm sorry, because I should have explained that. And I apologize, guys. <laughs> okay. But basically what they were doing is because I knew these companies weren't doing well, because let's face it, AMC, I mean, we have a theater open here, but when you go, it's like about five people. You know, they're not making any money right now. Mm -mm. GameStop, um, I think they had to do something with their retail stores or something, I forgot. And then of course now people are getting games other ways. So these are a couple of companies that basically... There's going to be some changes for sure. They're, they're not really making a lot of money, let's face it. So the hedge funds, which are big organizations, big, basically what a hedge fund is, I'm going to try to explain it the best way I can. Let's say um, Michelle Marina and everybody here right now and me, we decide to, we had a whole bunch of money. Like we said, um, I had a million, y'all all had a million and we're going to put it together and then we're going to start buying stocks, you know, either, you know, up, down, whatever. That's basically in layman terms what a hedge fund is, if that makes any sense. So um, these hedge fund companies, they do all types of trading. And so one of the tradings they do, obviously, if, is if the market, if the stocks are going down and the company doesn't have a lot of, um, I'll just say hope or whatever, like the companies I just mentioned, they're going to short them. They're basically, it's kind of like a bet, but really it's not a bet. It's, it's typically a options that they're doing, option contracts. And they're called puts, but they're going to short it. And they act, actually make money as the stock market is going down for those companies. So there were a lot of shorts on those companies. And you have millennials, which was in that group that I just mentioned a while ago, Wall Street Beats. So they wanted to get back at the hedge funds that were doing this. So they started pumping each other up and say, let's buy, go ahead and buy. And they started with GameStop first. It was a list of um, companies they're going to do this with. But they started off with um, GameStop and it's like, yes, buy. So they were like egging each other on. If you read in the feed, if you get a chance to check it out, they're, they're like pumping each other up. Even to the point that there was this one guy, he posted that he had spent 5000 for GameStop, because by then GameStop was like 300 and something. He says, go ahead in there, go in there and buy. That's how they're doing it. So they're they're basically doing this. And what's so funny is part of the rules are no pump and dump. Now, granted, they weren't saying dump. They didn't say they were going to dump it, but they were doing a lot of pumping. Yeah. So that's basically what's going on. They were trying to do the run up again on AMC. There's a list of stocks they were trying to do the run up on. 
the hedge funds got very angry um, because billions of dollars were lost because they were in on these shorts. Because <laughs> so, options is a very, um, it's a very risky um, yeah. thing anyway. And so I do options, but it's very risky. So yeah, they lost billions of billions of dollars. They were trying to hold on to them because they didn't think the run was going to keep up. But they weren't looking at what we was looking at. When I checked that out, so they in trouble. I saw <laughs> putting money in. It was crazy. They kept putting money in. Uh, to GameStop. And um, even this morning when I first woke up, GameStop was like at 400. And so it went down. It's not at 400 now, but it was at 400. And then y'all wow. know Robin Hood took it off yeah, um, because it was so volatile. Yeah. That's Interesting crazy. story. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. <laughs> you're, you're right. They're going to make a movie about that. I don't think that's happened before. And it's like I the power never. of social media, right? That's why, <laughs> right. you know, a lot of people are like, oh, the hedge funds, people that are awful and stuff like that. But the reality of it is what people need to understand is the hedge funds aren't doing anything illegal. Mm -hmm. It right. wasn't illegal. Really, none of it is illegal. But what's happening mm -hmm. now is causing a problem for the small investor, realistically mm -hmm. speaking, because the market overall is not doing well. Mm -hmm. There may be some rules that end up uh, affecting everyone. And then I'm concerned about Robinhood because, of course, a lot of them got mad with Robinhood. And even though um, I have like a lot of brokerage accounts, I always have love for Robinhood because if it wasn't for Robinhood, we would still be paying for commission fees. Robinhood mm -hmm. changed the game on that. So I'm like, you know, it's interesting. That whole story is. It is. Yeah. Did Robinhood close down completely or just no, they, the stole stock? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, oh. I was trying to look for it this morning and it wasn't yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. They closed down on those stocks. And and what's so funny is and a lot of people don't realize this. This is not the first time Robin has done that. Like um, when marijuana stocks uh, first got on New York Stock Exchange, there was a lot of volatility there. And Robin Hood did the same thing. So it's not anything new, but wow. I think it might have been new to some people because mm -hmm. they didn't experience it when it happened then. So yeah, they're like seriously angered at Robin Hood. I heard a lot of people talking junk about it. Robin Hood is going to open it up tomorrow slightly, but they're going to be like really, you know, waging it and seeing how it is. So it'll be interesting to see what GameStop and uh, AMC do tomorrow. It will be. Yeah. And, and also Robin Hood is unfortunately, you know, this is like, a secondary effect but another company could come in and be their competition now because those you know the people who are using the 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 free commission free trades like the millennials i mean that's like millions of people right so literally right. a new app can come in and they could just all say like oh well we don't want to work with you anymore because you like messed up our yeah that's, our trades and leave that that's company. what's happening right oh, now is it? yeah, oh, they, yeah it's already happening because the same group that i was talking about and this part was hilarious, but the same group that um, I was talking about, they were like, set up a cash app, set up a cash. I mean, seriously, these, these, they're like really on this. And That's it was so amazing. funny. Um, they were like, set up cash app and, you know, whatever. But yeah. of course, they're going to get disappointed when they do cash app because it's nothing like Robinhood. But I mean, it's great for like a regular investor, but not for somebody that's doing day trading. I wouldn't recommend cash app. So I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Um. So uh would you recommend everyone to invest um terry i do because like i was saying um previously and great question michelle the reason i i recommend it is because you're not going to get the lift in your money having a savings account it's just not going to happen mm -hmm. and we already know it's putting it in a mattress is ridiculous mm -hmm. but i'll give you an example you could have like close to fifty thousand dollars in a savings account 
and you probably won't even get a dollar interest on that. Wow. That, that paints a picture for you. Hmm. And if you really don't understand how that works, just get um, Tony Robbins Money Master the Game. And it's a huge book. You don't even have to read the whole book. There's a couple of chapters when he touches on pretty much what I'm saying. If you kind of need to see it, you know, more than what I'm just saying or, or do the audio, whichever. But no, you don't want your money in a savings account. You want to invest, but obviously make sure that you're picking the right companies to invest. And if you need help, get a stock advisor, get an advisor, not a stock broker. And they're two different things because with a stock broker, he's not going to be concerned about your interest. He's just going to be into the interest of what's the market, how much money he can get, because he's going to be getting some commission off of this. And that's going to be his focus, not your interest. But if you get an advisor, they want to make sure that everything goes well for you if you if you feel like you need it. And there, there are people available for that. And if you want an advisor, I know one, just DM me. I know one on Instagram. So just let me know. Or just ask me any questions if you need any help. That's nice. And you are evolving <laughs> always on Instagram. That's correct. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, That's very right. generous of her to say that. So if you're listening and you have questions about investments, Terry is a person to, to go to. She's your go-to. Um, yeah. So what about like, do you invest um, in a brokerage account or like in an, a retirement account? Oh, I do um, a combination. So I definitely have a retirement account and, and everybody should, especially entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you. Um, thank you, my beautiful friend, Lissette. Yes, everybody hit the thumbs up, please. Um, but yeah, you want to um, definitely have a retirement account. And entrepreneurs is very important because obviously you're typically not going to have a 401k unless you do still have your job, you know. So and if you do still have your job, you have your 401k. My recommendation on a 401k real quick, and then I'm going to go back to answering the rest of this question. Um, is that if you do have a 401k and your company is matching, I'm just using this as an example, your company is matching 5%, make sure you're investing 5%. Don't get cheap and say, well, I'm only going to do three. But companies willing to match 5%, that's technically free money. You, you want to go ahead and do that so you get the full benefit. Does that make sense? So enough on a 401k, but if you're just straight entrepreneur, you want to definitely get a Roth IRA. So you want to go ahead and do that. Um, I highly recommend that. And then I do, um, I do have other brokerage accounts because I do different types of investing. Mm -hmm. I, of course, I do a lot of long-term investing, but I do like swing trading, which we can always do another topic on that. I won't really explain it right now. <laughs> but I do swing trading. I do options trading. So wow. I do different types of trading. So I, I have different accounts. Yeah. How, how much time does it take to do this? Like, would you say per week? Well, it depends on what you're really trying to do. Um, yeah. Like um, when I was doing futures, which I've slowed off on that, but I'm thinking about getting back into it. But when I was doing futures trading, it was kind of like every morning for like probably about three hours every morning. And we were doing it with a, like a team of people as well. But I am thinking about getting into that. Um, I'm just trying to see if I really have the time because that one did take a lot of time because we're with a team of people and just a lot going on. So I'll see. So it just depends. But like the type of this I'm doing now, it doesn't take a lot of time because I'm mo mainly now I've just been focusing on the long term. And if you pick the right companies, it's almost like set it and forget it. Not trying to be funny, but it's true if you're picking the right companies. I mean, granted, you want to check your accounts, obviously. Um, to see if there's any dips, so you can buy some more of that. But other than that, you know, it's not too much work. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have as entrepreneurs, there's also the option to get outside of the IRA. So like, let's just starting from the very basics, there's an IRA, which is an individual retirement account. And then there's the two kinds, right? There's um, Roth and then just regular. Right. And for these ones, the government limits you, like how much you can, how much money you can put in to, to invest. Right. So That's I right. think, I don't know what it is this year. Is it like 6,500 or did they raise it to 7,000? It depends on your age too. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. So, so like the older you are, like me, I get to put in more. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's age. But I think you're right for like probably most people in the audience. I think it is sixty five hundred though. Yeah. So, so what's the benefit of using the Roth versus the regular? And what, yeah, what are the pros and cons of each of those? Well, a lot of times with the Roth is like um, you put the money in after it's already been taxed. So that's actually really good. So that's, that's the main benefit of it. The other thing I like about the Roth is, well, for me, I, I'm just very self-directed on it. You can get, depending on who you get the Roth with, um, like let's say you decide to open up with Stash because Stash is offering that. Um, they'll try to put you in ETFs and just get with me if you're doing that because I, I don't highly recommend it because it's not that they're picking bad ETFs. You can get some lift from it, but it was very minimal. And if you could pick certain stocks and get a much better lift, that's just my recommendation. So try to make it self-directed when possible. And people that have 401ks, to a certain extent, you can get that self-directed and it would almost benefit you on depending on who you have your 401k with. I know if you have it with Fidelity, there's an option that you could go in so they're not charging the fees because there's fees with a 401k. So you really need to find out what the fees are. And I know Fidelity, like I said, they're a phenomenal, phenomenal company. If you're confused about where to go to make those changes so you can stop paying those fees, the reps will help you because there's there's options you can change it so you won't really have the fees on your 401k. And to a certain extent, you can even self-direct it some to, to help it grow faster. That's on Fidelity. I can't speak for other. I know there's other companies that, you know, you have your 401ks with. I just know Fidelity because I've been with them forever. So I know they do that. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I usually and I usually put my retirement money in just an IRA and I use a Roth. So mm -hmm. same reason as you. It's like after tax. So what's the benefit of that? Well, you only pay tax on on um, income once, right? So That's if you right. pay tax already on it, you can let your money grow tax-free essentially. So when you withdraw that money, you don't have to pay extra taxes on, on right. it. So that's the benefit of that, right? But then I'm thinking I need to also put a little bit of money in the regular IRA because I wanna lower my taxable income for, for the year, right? Um, that would definitely benefit you for sure. I can yeah, it's not so, for me it would be that much of a benefit, but for you, it definitely oh, would be free. Got mm -hmm. it, got it. Yeah, and then and then Michelle has a 401k at her job. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't have a 401k at my job. You know, I just, my my retirement is like, as a teacher, it's like the teacher fund. It's like a government thing, you know? It replaces Social Security as a, as a it, teacher. Do they do a um, match or is it just more like a pension or? Um, they do match actually based on your income, but it's more like a pension. It's not, it's a government fund. So yeah, it's like out of my hands. So when I retire, they will, instead of social security, send me money, they I'll get money from the, 
teacher fund, whatever, you know, fund that is. I know what you mean. That makes Um, sense. Right. Do you have a certain time period that you work it to get that? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, yeah, I think you need to work a minimum of 20 years before you could start, you know, getting benefits from it. But again, the longer you wait, the higher your percentage, I believe. Right. And, (laughs) and, um, the way that it works with, uh, the teachers and I'm here in California, so I know how it works here is they take your highest paid earned year and Mm -hmm. go and they use that as the reference for the percentage you're going to receive your pension, you know, when you retire. So that's oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome. Right. And uh, Michelle, and Michelle, who do you have your four hundred one k with? Uh, they just switched it to Empower from Wells Fargo. Ooh. Okay. Is that a bad move? <laughs> Not your fault, but I hate Wells Fargo. As far as oh, yeah. that, for four hundred one k, I hate it. Yeah. So they moved away from Wells Fargo to Empower Retirement. I think it's a new company. Oh, Empire. Okay, well, I haven't heard of them, so hopefully they're good. I just know I didn't like Wells Fargo, so that might be why they moved, because Wells Fargo is horrible. I did have a there. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to um, hit you up with for some tips, because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Well, well I'm check out Empire, because that sounds inter- interesting, so I might have to check them out. Yeah, I have to get that look up. And, cool. like, another thing that we've been thinking about is, because um, we're thinking about, just for thinking about it, we don't know yet, but um, filing jointly. Cause right now we file separately. And if we do that, um, again, trying to get some, um, tax breaks, mm-hmm. if you have your own business, you can open a SEP IRA, which is for small it's self-employed pension plan. Um, and it it's, you can contribute as much as like a certain percentage of your business income per year. In addition, to a re- individual retirement account. So we're we're thinking about looking into that and we would each be able to get our own sub self-employed, you know, pension plan. Yeah. Um so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, you should definitely do that. And Christy, um what you can do is um so that's your old job. So does your current job, Christy, um have a 401k? Oh, she said um, her old. So Christy Blocker said, I have a 401k for my old job. It's at Wells Fargo. I never rolled it over. What's your take on that? Right. So Chris, if you can answer real quick, can you let us know, um, do you have 401k with your new job currently? Mm -hmm. Well, while she's waiting on that, let's just say hypothetically do, Chrissy, If if you do then I definitely would roll it to, to your other 401k. Um, if you don't, I mean, you could do a couple of things. You could keep the 401k at Wells Fargo. You know, I don't like Wells Fargo, but that's up to you. You could keep that there, or you actually could roll that 401k into a Roth IRA. And I would recommend doing Fidelity if you did that. Cause like I said, Fidelity is phenomenal, but Awesome. Just let me know. You get with me, Chrissy. You, you like my sis, so you know, get with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I believe like if like so, let's say you have a four hundred one k at your job, but you have an IRA. Can you roll it into that as well to your IRA, the four hundred one k? I think you can, right? You talking about if you're working at a job right then, or um, no, like because the IRA you open that on your own outside of a job, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So if you like left your corporate job and then the four hundred one k is still there. Yes. Yes, definitely. Can you roll that into your IRA? Okay, that's definitely can. Yes, that's awesome. 
Um, cool. Well, that that was interesting. It's, yeah, <laughs> you're so knowledgeable, Terry. And so are you, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's such a great tool and tip for everyone, like when they're doing when they're reselling. A lot of people don't know what to do with the profit. A lot of people, you know, they could spend it like we, we built a backyard and then what, you know, so you're really strategic about how you use your money and you let it grow. You make, let your money make more money, basically. So yeah, you'd be surprised hard. a little goes a long way. It really does. A little goes a long way. And the tips that Terry gave this evening about reading the book from Tony Robbins um, I read the book, by the way, I, I think there were two and I read both. And that's like the best tip. If you don't know much about investing, that book will tell you everything you need to know. Take your time, read it two, three times. And then if you have questions, hit up Evolving Always Terry on her Instagram account or YouTube. And you're right. He has two of them and you're right. Of it. So that's good. That's good. That you <laughs> you, have you read those two? Both of them? Yeah. And, and yeah. what's so funny is... Um, It'll definitely open your mind when you read it. Even if you didn't read all of the book and you read the first couple of chapters, you'd be like, yeah, why am I doing that? It's, it's like, it's like an aha moment. So definitely. 100%. Yeah. So you, like she's giving her gems, like everything Terry said, they're gems. She, you do it so like, you know, oh, it's just normal. But no, everything you're saying is quality. So please listen closely oh, to you. Terry. <laughs> and uh, Terry, we, um, so one final question from Christy. Christy says, uh, no 401k, but it's similar to what Marina said about her job. So yeah. that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I would just roll that. You can, like we were saying before, you can either keep it where it is. Um, that's entirely up to you. It'll just grow. Um, it'll be there for you. Or you could just roll into a Roth IRA into, I recommend Fidelity, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't hear Fidelity is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get into some fire questions um, to wrap okay. up our evening, if that's all right. Terry, yes. so just answer like whatever first comes to mind. It's a, a way we can get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to fire away. So what's your favorite hobby? I love drawing and art, oh. yeah, coloring, stuff like that. That's really cute. Um, <laughs> favorite thing to do when you're not investing or reselling? <laughs> oh, so many things. Huh. Seriously. Since like lately, I've been really enjoying working out as crazy as that sounds, but I have <laughs> I've been really enjoying working out. So it can become addicting. We can mm -hmm. do that. What mm -hmm. is your favorite memory as a kid? Well, didn't have the best childhood, but I can give you a very memorable memory. Would you like that? Sure. Okay. So we're in New York and um, I had what I thought was my brother. His name is Tracy and we were very, very close. I mean, we did everything together and, you know, we stayed in like this pretty large house. At least it seemed large to me because I'm, I'm young. I'm talking, I'm 40 years, four years old. So it seemed really large. So I just knew he was my brother. So one day um, I'm staying at a relative's house like overnight. I didn't know why I come back and he's gone. <laughs> like, Where's Tracy? And she says, he's gone to his, his mom, which really confused me, first of all, because I totally didn't know what my mom was talking about. And what I found out later on, obviously, was that she was a foster parent. So she was taking care of kids. 
I never knew that Tracy was one of those kids. I just assumed he was my brother and we were like super, super close. So it, it, it really hurt my heart oh. that happened because, you know, she was getting divorced and she was leaving New York at the time. So, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that, um, so did you ever see Tracy again? No. And I always oh. wanted to know that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. I'm sure that was a difficult, really <laughs> difficult memory to share. Um, all right. We're going to go on to another one. Uh, if you can hang out with a famous person, who, who would, would it be? be? Michelle Obama. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Me too. And um, favorite thing to wear when you're not working? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sadly apparently leggings workout leggings <laughs> like that and sneakers and a t-shirt. <laughs> how about favorite food Ooh. believe it or not this is gonna sound like an odd answer but i've been really into taco salads lately mm. don't know why so i'm just into the uh the beans and you know all the vegetables a little bit of sour cream yeah i love, love a good salad vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's the best and the worst stock that you've invested in? Uh, marijuana was like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the best stocks I'm, I'm still investing in uh, basically is Apple. I did invest in Tesla. So, you know, nice. and, um, awesome. yeah, those are some of the best I've invested Excellent. in. And and I got one Microsoft. More. Yeah. Oh, Microsoft. That's yeah. Great yeah. Microsoft, right. definitely. <laughs> one Good. last question. Best investing tip for everyone. Always do your research. You know, the information about how the company's doing, it's it's out there. You know, definitely out there. So do your research. And just like with the GameStop, real quick, um, that stock is, well, let's just say hypothetically the stock had went up to 400. You could buy that stock, but that company's really not valued at that. So mm-hmm. you have this company that has this really high stock and they don't have the value. They don't have the revenue. They don't have they don't have anything. So you don't want those type of stocks. You want stocks with companies that, you know, they, they got things going on. They're making lots of money. Yeah. Maybe it's time to short GameStop. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, there you go. Wait on that right. one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I realized we never talked about your near-death experience and you said it was a funny story. Did you still yeah. want to kind of yeah. end on that note maybe? Yeah, you, you <laughs> I hear this one because it's funny and extremely bizarre okay. <laughs> the most bizarre experience of my life but anyway I went to this uh Unitarian convention um because my friend was like you've got to go it's so fun it's so fun I'm like okay sure so um it's an event um we went to uh Virginia Blacksburg Virginia and I believe it's Virginia Tech is that what it's called Virginia Tech there in Blacksburg Virginia I think it's Virginia Tech but anyway so we went there and they had a, like a lot of different events, um, like caving, um, rock climbing. This event that I went on was supposed to be just strenuous hiking. And the brochure even just said that strenuous hiking, make sure you have a bathing suit, um, strenuous hiking. So I had my hiking boots and um, I had a one piece bathing suit with um, some cut off sweatpants. That's what I went. So anyway, so I'm, I'm like going there. I noticed that the people are a lot older. So I was like the youngest person there, the only person of color. And the next youngest people were like, um, they were probably in their late 20s, because I think I was 21. They were in their late 20s. And then the rest of the people were like 50, 60, whatever, but mostly 50s, 60s. 
So I was walking and it was a strenuous walk. I'm like getting tired. And this guy's like walking beside me and he's like, you know, he's all cool and everything. And then he tells me he's a 65. It's like, oh my God, I'm like out of breath. He's 65 and acting like this is nothing. So then I started getting all like, oh no. <laughs> so that was kind of funny too. So anyway, to make a long story short, we get to an area where there's a whole bunch of rocks. It's, it's just a whole area. It's like a wall of rocks. Then there's like a stream. And he said we had to cross on the top part of the rocks to get over to where we had to go. And I'm like, first of all, I've done no rock climbing. And I said, I don't know how this is going to go. But then I saw these people going over and they were going over like it was nothing. So then I go over and I realized instantly the issue that I was going to have because I actually had on hiking boots. And I don't know if people really know what hiking boots are, but they're very tough because they have to be really durable uh, for all types of things that you might be walking on. But they don't have a lot of flexibility a lot of times. They're just made that way. So I had on hiking boots. Well, I noticed everybody was either wearing tennis shoes or they were wearing these, what they call the wet shoes. If y'all know what those are, which these both shoes are very flexible. Mm -hmm. So anyway, when I started getting on the rocks, um, oh, wait, I got to add one more thing. I'm sorry, guys. When we got to a certain point, the man that was uh, the tour guide, he says, okay, y'all can take off your clothes now. And that tripped me out because these people literally took off their clothes with the exception of a young couple and huh. me. Because <laughs> we were like, <laughs> I guess all three of us were like, what is going on here? So all these people took off their clothes. They had no clothes on, guys. But oh my she, gosh. So I, I know this seems very unreal, but it, this actually happened. <laughs> they had no clothes on, except, you know, the only people who had clothes on were, were the young people, basically. We, we were wearing our clothes, our bathing suit. So anyway, now going back to me trying to go over the rocks, my hiking boots would not bend. So I get to a point where I'm spread eagle. And if you don't want know what spread eagle is, it's basically you're here and you can't find any footing. And I couldn't because I had the type of shoes that it's just everywhere I went, it was like the shoe was just going down because it had no sense of flexibility to it. And so I got really scared, but I didn't want people to know I was scared. And I was trying to keep myself calm. I've never been in this state before in my life. I'm not joking. I was trying to mentally force myself to stay calm because I said, if I panic, I'm going to fall, I'm going to die. And then, cause I looked down to see if I could just jump off in the water because I have done high diving before. And I said, maybe I can do that. But I looked down and that wasn't a possibility because the water was like, it might've been two feet and it was just a whole bunch of rocks. So I wouldn't have made it. So I was like, freaking out like um but trying not to freak out but really I was freaking out so then um I said I'm okay I'm okay and I literally started laughing and crying at the same time because my mind was just trying to keep together so hard and I've never done that I mean I was laughing and I'm not talking about the laughing and crying because you're laughing so hard you're crying because it's so funny not that type it was the spooky type and I know people were freaking out because I could tell on the look in their faces Oh, that they were freaking out. They were thinking I was about to die too. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to keep together because I don't want them to think I'm about to die. And <laughs> bless my heart. And because they were like, their faces were all, it was just all over their face. Oh. So all these, these two guys, bless their heart, that knew what the heck they were doing. They were all around me. Um, we put the rope around my waist. He says, it's going to be all right. I said, yes, I'm okay. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. But really, I was like, and they got me over. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Whoa, that is so scary. I don't know. I, I, I'm glad you were okay. I'm glad those guys were there for you. Yes, thank God. And, and you know, the literally, life saver. 
somebody. This guy have no clothes on. <laughs> oh, they didn't have clothes on either. Yeah, you remember? Oh like, no, my god! It's so crazy. It's the craziest thing. Now that should be a movie. <laughs> it should. Maybe I should. <laughs> I don't know what we would call it because we. I obviously have to add more stuff to it. But yeah, it's it's so crazy, crazy times. But I could tell the whole time they were like really concerned for me because they were like, Aww. and I think the tour guide was like really freaking out. Yeah. And all I said, yeah, because it's like I said, but this wasn't in a brochure about doing. <laughs> so. I don't know. What were they thinking, honestly? Wait, so now why were they naked? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Apparently they do it every year. That's the funny part about it because it was like, apparently they take that trip every year. It may not be necessarily at that location, but they take one summer because they were like all excited to, yeah, I'm taking my clothes off. And then one of the men was a doctor and he was like, you can take off your clothes. I was like, I really cannot. (laughs) 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 He's a really (laughs) And I was so glad the other couple, like the younger couple, I was saying, I was so glad they kept theirs on. I was like, because I might have been just the only one, and that would be fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My, wow. not oh man! Thank you for sharing. I will never forget that story. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious, definitely. Well, it was it was such a pleasure, Terry. Um, thank you so much for your time, and we really enjoyed spending time with you. Thanks for all the knowledge that you threw in this live. Um, I hope it really helps a lot of people out. It helped us out a lot. Oh, yeah. So um, thank you. Thank you so well, much. Thank you. And I look forward to y'all coming um, over to my YouTube on Sunday. And That's thanks, right. Everybody yeah. And so what time is that again? If you want to let oh, everyone know. So for your time, it's 4 p.m., but it's actually 7 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. So 4 p.m. Pacific, right? Yeah. Yes. And then you're Evolving Always Productions. Is that right? On YouTube? That's right. Okay. That awesome. Right. So. Come visit us this Sunday um, with Terry again if you want to see more of Terry, which um, who wouldn't want to see more of Terry? With well, we want to see more of the flipping guys. <laughs> and because they're phenomenal. But thank you all so much for having me up here. Yeah, thank you, Terry. We um, we love you. Um, and you're just love such you a back. lovely person. So thanks for um, sharing yourself with us. And thank, thank you, you everyone for joining. And um, we absolutely love all the comments and feedback that you guys gave us too. Yes. Thank you everyone for being here. We appreciate you and we can't wait to see you the next time. If not this Sunday with Terry, we'll be back next Tuesday at 530 Pacific standard time. <laughs> <laughs> Final That's comment true. from our friend, uh, Lizette, New England, Betty Booth said no clothes. Who needs clothes? <laughs> You gotta go thrifting. <laughs> anyway, everybody have a nice night. Thank you, you Thank too. You, Take care, Terry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Like, share, and direct message us during the week if you want to talk to us or even have questions about getting started on reselling yourselves.